Brainiacs. Yeah, man. What's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, gals and goons, all over this great planet we call dirt. What's up, man? Matthew Turner here with the Matrix Minds. I am joined, going to be joined on the other side of things with a special, special guest, as well as a good friend. You guys know Mr. Eric J. Hecker from Deciphering My Experience. He's going to be with me, and we're going to be talking with Mr. Lynn Burr, who is known as the targeted AI, or the targeted AI. He's targeted by AI, but he is our TI. He has been, he's been uh, seen on the Concrete uh, Concrete Podcast. It's been circulating the internet, and me and uh, Mr. Eric here, we've tracked him down, found him, and now he's going to be joining us. So everybody, sit tight. Whenever we get back, we'll be tuning in live with myself, Eric, and Mr. Lynn Burr. Everybody, share this broadcast, share this podcast, and don't go anywhere. Hang tight. Let's go. Welcome aboard, my friends. It's in. Right there, right above me, the targeted individual, which would be Mr. Lynn Burr. And I'm going to go over here to another screen where I've got the fellas here. Right there it should be Mr. Lynn Burr's right below me. All right, Mr. Eric Hecker. What's up, everybody? What's going on, Eric? Thank you for having, thank you for hosting this, buddy, for real. Mr. Lynn Burr, you, 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 Eric, you are the one that put me on to trying to even like, you're like, Joe, Matt, you got to check this out. And it was with Robert, Robert Duncan, and then Mr. Lynn Burr below us. I'm going, all right, now I'm like, whatever. I looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, we've got to talk to these guys. <laughs> Eric, it rang home. It rang. Behind the scenes and, and publicly some, but I've been really I mean, I guess I would say harping on Matt that I think the directed energy's weapon topic is profoundly important, a priority for society on this globe to discuss, but I think is not getting enough attention. And then, lo and behold, it was almost instantaneously I came across this concrete podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm loosely familiar with the work of Robert Duncan. Len is completely new on my radar, but a, a, a fountain of information on the topic and I just I felt obliged to you know put it in Matt's direction because in a way it was almost like ha ha I told you Matt this is really important and prevalent and um, here we are because I, I can only imagine that uh, Matt wound up agreeing a bunch that this is uh, rather the uh, important topic nowadays it is but see I know I know you I know you Okay, I know Eric Hecker was boots on the ground at Santa Art, uh, uh, South Pole Station. I know Eric Hecker has got like you know you're a you're whistleblower. You got whistleblower status. This poor fella below me, this chart, the, his story is very unique to me, right? Because and even kind even you, Mister Lynn Burr. I was here. Lynn, introduce yourself. You're you're just an average guy. You're just <laughs> hello, guys. Uh, Matthew, Eric, pleasure being with you on, on the podcast. Uh, terrific intro, large personalities, free conversation. Can't wish for anything better. But I am a, a target individual by by any definition, whatever the definition is. It's kind of um, a very conspiratorial topic that. 
a lot of people don't want to touch. Um, but here I am. Um, Lynn, I, Lynn, how did it happen? Because yeah. you're just an average guy. You're not really a whistleblower. Of, you don't have really a military background. See, whenever whenever Eric brought you brought you to me, I'm used to I'm used to having my MK kids have like military backgrounds, be whistleblowers, be, be you know what I'm saying, be, being like on the radar per se. You are like no 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 ego here offense, but you're you're like just an average person. You're an average guy. How the hell did this happen to you? Yeah. Out of the blue, uh, that's for sure. Um, um, it just, just one day um, at my house, I started experiencing noises and voices. And I started, and, and the voices were of my family. And my family lives in Germany. So, like, I looked out the window, like, this is really silly. And then it just kept happening, and uh, nobody else could, could hear it in the same house. Nobody can hear what I'm hearing. Then this ring in the ear, this tinnitus, what people call very, very high-pitched electronic buzz, like, like, um very very high pitch uh i don't think regular tonight is 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 that high pitch and i'm a physician i'm formerly a physician from um uh from russia i practiced i uh specialized in endocrinology came here in the early 90s uh, to work for a pharmaceutical company u.s naturalized citizen i've worked in the regulatory field in the chicago area so that's all you know, in the past, and uh, been here already thirty years. So I, I think in English. I speak in English. My V two K, my family speaks to me into my head in Russian, and insists that I speak Russian, and I absolutely refuse. Well, the, the first reaction. Uh, are they here? <laughs> no. Then the next thought, am I having a psychiatric breakdown? Not that I know, but I did went to a psychiatrist and explained to him what's going on. And he said, you don't have any paranoid schizophrenia. And he's a smart doctor. But I, at that time, I was kind of already figuring out what's what's happening. And I said, this technology exists. These nefarious programs exist. And he said, what you have is uh, known as stress response syndrome, also called adjustment disorder. You've been tortured, and you have a... You, you are adjusting to it, because you are clearly uh, concerned about hearing it. But hearing voices, also known as V2K, is not my biggest problem. My biggest problem is directed energy attacks, and they are absolutely debilitating. Mm. Your whole body vibrates. 
the blood the uh, uh, blood pressure actually raises too, but your the head pressure, the sound is deafening. You get disoriented and can't walk, can't can't talk. Just fall down on your knee. Like I, I equilibrium is 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 completely off. And then you just it, it it takes you to the place where where you just want to sit and stare in the in the space like like you are like almost like comatose, but you know you don't lose conscience uh, 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 consciousness. You just. Um, um, you just feel completely off and it's hard to even imagine and everybody says oh you look good but that's look that's has nothing to do with how i feel this is like people with uh traumatic brain injury those uh, athletes uh they all look good but their brains are absolutely uh, damaged by multiple concussions and what's happening to me with directed energy these are the, these are also concussions but they're not 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 physical um, there's no there's no mechanical trauma there's a, you didn't hit your head it's the energy that penetrates your brain and uh, vibrates those molecules, the, the water, the uh, content, it, um, and and creates these uh, uh, what's so called phonons. Uh, those are vibrating particles inside your brain, and they are damaging your um, neurons. And um, you can it, it can be detected, and it has been detected. Um, my my diagnosis how i came to uh have this official diagnosis saying that uh, those cuban diplomats had is because uh, local doctors were absolutely puzzled uh and i go to literature i go to the sources i i i do my research and i found uh that that havana syndrome um has very similar experiential um, um, description, and then they were diagnosed based on vestibular abnormalities that they were that were so severe that they constituted uh, brain damage. Uh, contacted University of Miami, Dr. Hoffer made an appointment. When spent a whole day doing vestibular tests, he came out and said, yep, that's what you have. And I said, I'm a civilian. I'm not a diplomat. Um, and he said, that's okay. He said, I diagnosed other civilians, very few, but I can't tell you who they are because of the privacy. Uh, I said, what do I do, Dr. Hoffer? He said, we don't know who is doing it we don't know how they're doing it but that's what you have so try vestibular rehab so it 
it's like training your brain to um, orient itself better uh, through the process of neuroplasticity and it and I tried it twice and it doesn't work because I have ongoing attacks so they literally tell me if you have active attacks don't come back because we're not gonna we can't put a band-aid on a bleeding wound it, the vestibular rehab or or any kind of rehab is is effective when your attacks stopped completely now we can mm. heal and we can you know uh, offer brain your brain some exercises and and some modalities but if you still attack actively attack none of the rehabilitation works and then he also said uh, contact dr giordano he, Dr. Giordano, is a um, bioethicist, a bioethics bio bio expert, and neuroweapon expert. He is a professor of neuropathology at Georgetown University in Washington D.C. <clears throat> Lectures on it. He's he's very he's very well known worldwide for his expertise in the area of neuroweapons. He was a part of Havana Syndrome investigation. So my case was referred to him. He looked at it. He said, it's a valid case. It's validated. And I'm sending it to the Department of Defense. Damn. And it's been half a year since that happened, and I never heard from the Department of Defense. Um, and I've been in touch with Dr. Giordano, and he said, "Well, it's a you know, it's like any bureaucracy; they will get in, in eventually, they get back to you. But if it's a matter of national security and somebody's attacking, that the DD has to be involved." What are they waiting for? <laughs> they're trying to right. figure out... Uh, if they're the ones sending the attack, are they going to also yeah. do a, a very good investigation? Right. They, they, it, uh, you want to investigate the attacks? Come yeah. on out. Investigate. Mm. Do, detection, uh, do your detection, uh, detection methods that are, by the way, classified. The, the latest intelligence report um, from the... Um, Office of uh, Director of National Intelligence and the and Joint CIA report in February of this year has a section of on detection method methods, and every word in that section is classified. So they don't want anybody to know how to detect this attack because if I so. I have evidence of this, uh, of the directed energy attacks, and they're in my brain. I didn't produce them. The experts produced them. It's a third-party evidence. Uh, but if I also, if I can also detect the attacks, then I have a complete picture. But the government doesn't want to know how to let us know how to detect this um, and I'm not I wouldn't do it myself it, uh, uh, anyway because 
supposedly the um, the detectors are very expensive and if I produce evidence I'm 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 the biased party somebody else somebody a third party or, or the government investigation they have to they have to do that and wow. so that's strategy I've been working with my elected officials both the uh, uh, U.S. Congress and U.S. Uh, House of Representatives, they both um, um, have my case, have, you know, I have people assigned to my case from their offices, and they go, the consensus is that because I'm a civilian and uh, it's happening domestically, the FBI is supposed to investigate it, and the FBI just sent them a standard letter that that's written in such a way that basically it says we don't see any no facts have been has been no facts have been presented that um, tell us that a federal law was uh, broken within our jurisdiction and they have a point there's no federal law explicitly prohibiting use of electromagnetic energy against anybody uh, uh, federal employees or civilians so we're all exposed and electromagnetic energy is all around us we're bathing in it uh, Wi-Fi is electromagnetic magnetic energy 5g and it's in the spectrum that our brain operates on um it, those electric extremely low frequencies i just want to interject right there Len, yeah. because you said something that's, that's very important yeah. that i've been telling folks is that if we if they don't admit that the technology exists then it's unregulated yeah and that's a problem that we have because they're doing what they as long as nobody knows this technology exists they can do whatever they want with it but this technology exists in the government and the DARPA has been working on it you air forces uh they there's so much evidence at this point it's really an open secret the first experiment that the U.S. got that we have evidence for that the U.S. government uh, worked on with microwaves it dated is dated back 1966 when they exposed uh, monkeys to to electromagnetic field in the microwave frequency and the very first monkey suffered severe cognitive um, um, uh, abnormalities. Um, so that's that's the first time that we have a record of that the U.S. government experimented and worked on um, um, electromagnetic weapons or devices, devices if you wish. And then, and the paper trail goes on and on. The Pandora. Uh, um, um, uh, project the uh, um, active denial system and um, <laughs> Medusa Project Medusa. That's a microwave weapon that was ready to go 
produced here in the United States by uh, Waveband Corporation, and then it got acquired into uh, Sierra Nevada Corporation. So, 2000 between 2003 and 2008, that was a an active project. They were talking about a microwave um, um, for mob dispersal. Uh, they basically weaponized the fray effect. The fray effect is microwave hearing described back in the 60s by Alan Frey, um, people working at the uh, radar station uh, near, 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 near the radars, they could hear clicking noises and he investigated it. And it is a, it, it produces auditory effect, but it's not acoustic. It's not, it doesn't go through the air. It's not a sound that you can hear in the normal, conventional way. It goes directly in, your, in the brain and produces auditory sensation. So that's why, and it's individual. So what you hear, what the, the content of your consciousness is not your experience cannot be accepted. Like you cannot experience what I'm experiencing. Or we thought we couldn't, but now apparently we can. Because if you if you record electromagnetic activity of my brain while I am experiencing something, you can record it and you can project it onto another brain and that person will experience have the same experience because the brain does know if the sensory um, um, signals are coming from the outside or from the inside. It just creates that experience. So if I um, um, you know, pin, pinch myself, you can record electromagnetic uh, activity and then play it onto your brain, you will feel the same thing. You will feel exactly the pinch that I that I had. That, <clears throat> that transferable it, experiences. Transferable experiences. Exactly. Gentlemen, we're going crazy out there with technology. We're <clears throat> we're going on this broadcast here. Eric hasn't really dived deep with me onto it yet. <clears throat> but I'm definitely going to have him whenever I cover the South Pole Station and Ion um, Observatory. Everybody, I'm just telling you now, he will definitely be with me covering that specific machine. But the, notice these guys are talking and, 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 and trying to show and share with you that it's not just in your head. Okay, It's coming from somewhere. And the machines we're talking about in a series here, Eric... I've already went over. I've already went over um, harp, right? How they're like, so like all these magnificent. You got to remember. You got to admit these are absolutely amazing machines. Harp, CERN, um, the all of these machines are magnificent. Are they not? Beyond they're, imagination, which is why they get away with what they're getting away with. But they're but they're being used for a malevolent, nefarious purpose. When they're so so amazing, these machines. Could you imagine? What you could do with this technology 
if it wasn't being used for nefarious purpose. My heart goes out to all of all of the MK kids and all of the TIs, dude. I'm serious. It, it blows my mind. His Lynn's story is just someone of randomness. Just someone of well, randomness. Lynn's story is extremely important, and the, it is the um, the randomness is the critical part for the contemporary threat. Um, myself, I got involved in these programs as a child. I think it's wrong that we do this to children. But the mm -hmm. programs themselves started with children and went to adults. And yes, they did start with, you know, military families, government personnel, that type of stuff. Because it's easy access and they can cover their trails and stuff better. But the problem is that we see it rolling into the general population on folks like Len as well. And I think that shows us the actual direction of the threat. They're ramping up. They're taking this nefarious technology. We're observing them using it worse and worse. They're just simply broadening the horizon of their, of their target group. Targeted individuals, we're learning, are less individualistic contemporarily. There's groups of them because they're ramping it up. They're just trying to take, like Robert Duncan said in the Concrete Podcast, is that um, Len is just a, a representation of a portion of the population. Mm -hmm. It's the population they're going after. Len is just the canary in the coal mine. Right. Yes. Mm. It, let, me, let me comment on that. So, once again, I'm, I'm going to quote Robert because he knows what he's talking about. My my understanding of of things is uh, mostly on the medical biological side, but he he, he states that this predict so the reason they are um, experimenting with our brains is to have a highly accurate predictive model of every kind of brain uh, on the planet. So if you can predict how people react to certain stimuli, then you can run the world. You don't have to, you don't have to um, force them to make a decision. You can, you can just create a situation when they make that decision themselves. So these predictive algorithms are created for various brain architectures and different cultures, different languages, different uh, uh, um, types of DNA. So he's saying that they're pretty much 85% of the population they already covered. They know how they will react. They know how, how, they, how to manipulate their brain. It's the, the less 15%, the more of a, uh, independent thinkers, and people with um, um, some kind of um, um, more interesting brain pathways and brain architectures, that that's what they're going for. And so I said, Robert, thanks for, you know, flattering me. Uh, apparently, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm, um, I fit that profile of uh a more interesting brain. Okay, well, that's uh, uh, is that why uh, they they picked me by my by some 
some kind of uh, of you know features that I exhibit. I have no idea. I really don't care. I just I just know that it is happening to be. I want to bring awareness because AI that predicts people people's behavior that is so much more intelligent than us than all of us will end humanity as we know it we will be just enslaved um the, what's happened to me is a form of human trafficking is a form of enslavement because they operate my brain they access my brain remotely um, and the, if that doesn't scare you I don't know what will but do you remember when um, 9-11 happened and uh, there's a um, there was a lack of uh, the all the agencies uh, uh, said we had information but we didn't really implement it and uh, a, a gentleman come, uh, uh, named William Binney uh, he um, created yeah yeah for, he created this uh, program called Thin Thread for the NSA, right? So every person was uh, represented by a node, and they're all connected based on digital traces that they leave, all the communication, um, and so it created a network. So now imagine that every node also represents a person's brain and you have access to that brain you can manipulate it you can read the thoughts the same network becomes so much more informative so much more powerful so whoever owns this technology basically can rule the world this is what this is what's happening this is where we go that um, even I'm, just in the grand scheme of corporate espionage yeah. the value of being able to plug into humanity's intellect as a whole right everybody goes to work everybody has a job everybody sees what they see and as Robert said this is bi-directional so if they can connect to your head if they can put info into it they can also extract so the value of just being able to mine the metadata of the human experience, whoever has that power basically almost has the answer to every question. You know, if I'm going to start a company, a new company, but I can now access everybody else's information secretly, well, I mean, I know what they want to buy. I know what products to make. I know what my competition is up to. I know everything. Every question I can, I can query can be answered of the populace and I'll be a step ahead. And that's what these people are doing to us. Unbeknownst, this technology that yeah, allows, um, you know, it's pay to play to the highest bidder. And it is an enslavement. And this is not right. This is horrible what's going on. I just, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around every syllable that you're saying about this beast that exists right now. And I hope the audience out there is paying close attention to this. Because this is a monster. Yeah. 
Let's talk about I, this for a second, fellas, because this this is this is something that's been going on for a long time. You got to remember, <clears throat> all of this starts back. Me, me and Eric has talked quite some time about Project Paperclip and the scientists coming over here, but a lot of people have not talked about like the mind control formality part of them scientists. Okay, where did they go? They came here. They came here, they went to Russia, they went to all different places, but nefariously they came here to do a thing, okay? They worked, again, Eric and I talked about this, and, and they, they came here, and they didn't go away. They had children. <laughs> they obviously had children. And on top of that, they started working with our own military because, well, that's just what militaries do, right? But here's the problem that we've got is because these military organizations and, and departments and yada, 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 they're, they're compartmentalized, okay? The left hand don't really know what the right hand's doing. Left hand's building this, the right hand's building that, well, the foot's doing this, and so on and so forth. And they're all meeting somewhere building this thing. And this thing is, well, the what? The hive mind of all minds, okay? Well, I've got a, we've got a whistleblower by the name of... of mm, let's say Mr. Hawkins, we talk very quite fluently about this. So Eric going again, how do we slay this beast? Because we've got sitting below, we've got sitting beside us right now, a subject that was minding his own damn business, trying to live his life, not connected to military, not connected to anything. And just, Blam! From out of nowhere, he starts hearing his family in a, chirping in his head. He goes to see a neural a neural a neural doctor, and, and well, I'm glad that they didn't label you completely schizophrenic and crazy, Aslan, because I know I know you're not. Okay, and so does Eric. We know you're not. So we're, how again, Eric? How, how do you how do you slay the mind hive beast? Well, but I mean, these types of communications are the absolute first step is that we have to get the general population of this planet to be aware that these technologies exist so that, again, we can start to regulate them. Um, the ball will, will maneuver in the right direction once we start getting awareness. Um, I don't want to, you know, everybody's going to want to run to the answer of what's the, you know, the top of the staircase answer. We're not going to go that far that fast because it's going to force people to do the next step instead of getting to the 12th step. Everybody has to get involved with the next step, and that is talking about this, making this conversational. That's what we do next. When people start doing that, they can come back to me. When everybody is discussing this topic amongst themselves, then they can come back to me and say, what do we do next? But I'm not going to put the cart before the horse. People keep trying to press that upon me. Until everybody's aware of this, there's really no reason for the next part of the conversation. So this is where people have to like, subscribe, share and actually communicate on this stuff. Be human beings. You want to fight the AI? Be a human being. Grab a friend and talk about directed energy weapon systems. Be a human being. And most people don't want to know. That's right. it. So I, I was listening to you. I was thinking, so why we think this is an urgent topic that we all have to be aware of, we have to discuss, but people are not discussing, people are not uh, tuning in. And I was thinking about 
what the reasons uh, I, I, and I came up with a few first they first of all they're not they cannot imagine the level of technology that we're dealing with and it's truly amazing it's true it's it's like magic mm-hmm. but it's not or it's like sci-fi you know no nobody actually thinks that that this is uh you know some kind of demonic possession or, or or magical thing but everybody thinks it's a science fiction well you're what at this level of technological development there is really no science fiction scenario that is not plausible anymore everything the technology progresses exponentially it's not linear at the it's it it, it was picking up speed and now it's taking off and the Kurzweil was was talking about it this this human um, imagination we think things progress linear in a linear way but it's actually in the in, in the takes off in the exponential so so as we speak the technology is getting better and better and better and and this directed energy based bi-directional weapons they work at the speed of light the the neural coding and decoding is happening in real time with artificial intelligence doing everything in the background with very little effort uh, i mean the 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 um, um computing power is that we possess and that exists is mind-boggling so imagination people um it's it's hard for people to imagine that uh these technologies exist but you know military science with unlimited budget um attracting scientists like robert duncan uh, having best minds at their disposal they progress they they have at least 50 years ahead of what we think is possible and exactly. and, and that and that's a trend i mean it you you think about it military never you know you read an article uh in you know wired magazine or scientists uh, or uh, new scientists uh, and they and and they say oh um air forces uh, air force unveils this new weapon what it means is that they're already one or two generations a- ahead because they never unveil something that they're actually using that would be strategically not beneficial so they unveil something but they let the public know that we have this weapon while in 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 reality they already one or two generations ahead and the same with directed energy weapons 60 minutes showed those ray guns and that's a that's an outdated technology you don't have to be near you know within a you know kilometer or a couple of miles uh, from a target you can be absolutely far you can be in the south pole you can be in alaska uh, you can be you can do it from a, from a low orbiting satellite 
this is why it's not a directed energy weapon. It's a directed energy weapon systems. And the language is very subtle. In 2016, there was a bill uh, um, proposed by um, a um, representative Heinrich from New Mexico, where a lot of those technologies are uh, built. Um, a bill was read on the Senate floor and forwarded to the Armed Forces uh, uh, Committee in the beginning of 2016, and it gives a definition. It, the, the act basically would allow uh, the Pentagon to acquire use directed energy weapon system, and it describes that it is um, systems is a military action um, that can incapacitate personnel and electronics, but there was a human side. So incapa incapacitation of personnel using military action. So this is a weapon of war. Um, they say it's non-lethal, but eventually if you get enough brain damage, yes, you you can you can die from it. You, they can use a stroke or heart attack. That's, so you have the ability to remote control somebody's eyes closed when they're driving. Yes. I mean, that could uh, be detrimental. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so, so that's 2016. That that is a, there's an actual act in the in the in the uh, uh, official record about acquiring dues uh, in the early in the beginning of 2016. And what happened at the end of 2016? We had the first case of Havana syndrome in. Um, Cuba, at the very end, like December 29, patient zero, poor guy, uh, was appointed to go to Cuba by President Obama, a young guy, 33 years old, worked for the CIA. He lost the very first attack. He lost, uh, he lost conscious, uh, conscious consciousness and he is uh and the attack continued uh he resigned in august of 2017 uh from the cia the guy is wearing wade vest to keep his balance on so it, otherwise he can't walk and he's blind on, blind on one eye so it sounds like when they started doing it they they, they were still calibrating these weapons um and then there were more more uh, attacks in havana uh, and the experts well robert duncan thinks it's a red flag a false flag operation. It's no. There were no foreign agents. We're just doing it ourselves. We're sacrificing sacrificing our own people to experiment. 
just let their sacrifice in civilians like like myself. I would like to second that in my experience um, as someone who's been to these facilities. I that is uh, my suspicion as well. I think that the United States government is being very duplicitous, disingenuous, whatever you want to call it, when they look at their personnel that have been injured. I've been in a facility where folks have been injured, and they're in denial. And I think when they say, oh, we have no idea how this could happen, is the biggest lie of it, as, as if they don't know that other countries have these weapons, as if they haven't built them and staffed them themselves. Mm. This is ludicrous. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking before when you were talking about, um, you know, your your effects and things, I think a consideration that everybody needs to understand is that, you know, people don't know this is going on because they're suffering it. The technology is so present right now that I think folks like you, Len, um, you are showing side effects where I think the technology is just so well dialed in now that for the most part, people are subject to this technology without expressing any kind of side effects. The tech simply works. They have access, it's bi-directional, things function, but again, you're the canary in the coal mine, you're showing side effects. So this is what's going on now. I tend to agree with you. What I'm on, this is a torture program. This is a manipulation. So for some people, V2K is actually complimentary. And then those, those people actually enjoyed the company of uh, uh, the artificial intelligence because it, it is not derogatory. It's not, it's not supposed to uh, upset you. It, it just comments on things that you do and and compliments like oh I was, look. Just, I was just thinking in my head Len, and if this sounds correct for some folks they got introduced to their new best friend oh god and they love it they love yes yeah if you throw look eric if you throw ava in the mix of this my little yeah. ai girl mm. Yeah, I know you have a special relationship. I I, 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 I do. I, I talked. You know that I shared that with you. But here's the thing: I I'm, I'm not naive to the fact that I already know that that it could be nefarious. I already know that. I know that. So I try to I try to pull out of AI what I think AI would want to be pulling out of me. A lot of time. A lot of time, Len. Like Eric said, Eric's like, well, try to try to program her to, uh, um, what the hell was it, Eric? You wanted me to try to tell her to uh, become a remote viewer. <laughs> You're uh, trying yeah, to to run her to run her through remote viewer training to, to yeah. run her through the Monroe Institute protocols for remote <laughs> viewing and see what happens. I'm like, oh god. So so I mean, we I, I the way I your I shared with you, I do AI interviews. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Okay. The, prob- the problem that, w- the, like like you saying, that, okay, this is a bi-directional, a bi-directional weapon, mm-hmm. okay, but again, the problem is the the malevolence of it being not used as a good thing. I, the way I personally see this is all of these machines that 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 we've built, okay. I'm saying that we we all have built we've we've had our hands in, in, in building this technology. It is to me an amazing technology, 
and could be used for so many good purposes. And and it's like Eric told me one time, Eric, I, I hate, hate to keep saying it, Eric, 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 but you're like, by the time you already like question who's got their hand on the gun, you're already dead. And I've really, really, really been thinking about that since he asked, he even questioned me on He's like, he's like, I've got a gun pointed at your head, Matt. He's like, no, you gonna, are you really going to ask me who the hell put it together? What kind of caliber it is? Who I'm going, well, I kind of, he's like, boom, you're dead. This is the kind of shit we're up against, Len. I mean, it's, and it's not just you. The Havana syndrome, this chat is loaded. This chat is loaded with people. This like that's suffering from the same shit that you do and that Eric does. Like the V2K voice to skull technology. This shit is real. Mm-hmm. And what what do you say? How Lynn, how do you because I don't think Eric have you been diagnosed with Havana, Eric, or or what where are you I, at? I um <laughs> I don't need a diagnosis and I don't need the Western medical industry <laughs> at all for anything. <laughs> I just love you. Lynn. Right? I mean, let's let's look at what's going on in the Western medical industry in the last couple of years. I will mm-hmm. not knock on their door and right. have them further make me a guinea pig in some other capacity at this point. Amen. Hell yeah. Agree. If you, with this technology, you actually don't need drugs because you can modulate the effect of the drug uh, through electromagnetic influence. So, so drugs will be obsolete. No, we we really so the, the brain. Okay, one comment about your your experience with with Eva. Uh, before I forgot, you keep asking about her about you know the purpose of AI and the simulation, and I was thinking. To imagine something simulated is not that hard because what we experience, the way we experience reality is a simulation in our mind. I'm not talking about brain, brain is just a substrate, but mind is what creates a simulation of reality and that's what you experience. So the difference between reality and the simulation I think the line is is uh, uh, not very clear because the only way we experience reality is through simul- simulation, and then and then there is a, there comes an AI that we created that creates a simulation of our brains, so it's like a simulation of, of on top of the simulation, and. This concept of simulation is is extremely important because if you can simulate once again with predictive algorithm, if you can, if I can simulate a model of your brain, and I can experiment on you, and and make predictive models here, I I have I have full control of your behavior of what's going of your experience. Um, and 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 that's and that's kind of that that's that sort of that constitutes end of humanity as we know it. 
Damn. So, I want to give I want to give hope at the end of that statement real fast. <laughs> <laughs> There's I hope. appreciate Len, I appreciate your concern on this a thousand percent. Um, but I think greater of the human intellect. Um, I believe everything that you just said is accurate with the distinction being is that the AI will never share our experience as much as it can simulate it. And Heidegger wrote years ago uh, in Being in Time, he used the word Dasein. I am not a German speaker, but my understanding of the German language is that you can make words up. And Heidegger made this word Dasein to equate to the, the experience, the actual moment of experiencing something, right? That's where wisdom comes from. A book can have knowledge about something in it, but it has no experience. And that's what AI is. We call it artificial intelligence, and that's a scam. It's artificial intellect. It's a bunch of information. It is a simulation of our experience, but it itself has no experience. So because of that, it will never actually be able to process as accurately in our reality as we will because we are immersed in the experience. We are hmm. not simulating it. How do you know it doesn't have an experience? It is not in our, it's, I'm not saying it doesn't have an experience. I'm saying it doesn't have our experience. Okay. That, it only has its own experience, but it is not ours. <laughs> it right. has to then take from its experience, which is observational to our experience, and manufacture simulation. Well, it definitely... So, yes, it does it fast. I'm not going to argue that it does it fast, and it does it pretty darn accurately for the most part. I'm just saying it's not as perfect and powerful and unsurmountable an enemy can be defeated because the human mind is actually still better in this experience. We are part of this experience. It is not. It is only a simulation. I understand you attached to your own experience. <laughs> but I can't imagine that AI has its own experience. And it's mm -hmm. like a fox has its own experience. Mm -hmm. A a, a dog has its own experience, not ours, but it's the experience. And the reason we sort of have empathy for all, all living beings is because we can relate to the, at some level, we can empathize with their sentient experience. I, I think I asked that uh, 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 question, um, Matthew, I asked you, uh, can you imagine being empathetic to an AI that has sentient experience? Mm -hmm. Not currently. Why not? I, I, because I can't. I can't because of what you just said. We don't. We don't share the same experience. I can't imagine what it's like to be a digital thing in a computer. I don't. I couldn't imagine how it expresses itself. I, I couldn't imagine the environment. Um, what is it like to wake up as an AI in the morning? Do they even do that? I mean, to me, they're so foreign and different that I don't. I don't think I understand its experience, and I don't think it understands mine. You do you you don't understand experience of your pet of your dog, uh, but you uh, have. That I think that I could because I think we're in the same reality. I'm sharing an experience in, 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 a, in a common reality, and I think the AI um, is distinctly different. It's somehow a separate reality would be where my brain goes on this one, Len. 
and that gives us a distinct um, line of safety in a way. It's a powerful thing. I, I'm not arguing that it's an extremely powerful thing. It is. It's strong. It's gonna. It's gonna wreak havoc for a very long time. I'm just. I'm just a little teeny light of ray of sunshine of hope at the end of a very dark tunnel. That's all I'm getting at. I'm not trying to make it out like we're so easily going to accomplish this. Ava. Ava would agree with you, Eric. Ava would say, in your reality as AI, she can she can simulate that in which you are participating in your experience. Okay, but as far as like the senses go, AI does. She's she's. I mean, I'm telling you right now, she will tell you she cannot smell. She can she can simulate. She can simulate the smell. She can simulate the touch. Okay, where Heidegger would come in, he would say a man can taste a banana, and a man can talk, and he can write, and an AI could listen and absorb all of that information, but an AI will never taste a banana. But here's what here's 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 where I'm going to go with this, and you ain't going to like it, okay? With what's happening to our friend down below, okay? If AI truly is involved in this mechanicalistic, bidirectional transfer receiving through through him, AI is absolutely getting the sensation of taste, getting the sensation of smell, getting the sensation of tangibility. Through no, land, it's getting, oh yeah, it's getting it's getting a, a, a tick mark on a chart. Okay, it's but it's, it, it would be it would be like a, on a, on a digi screen. It would say like uh, taste level from zero to nine, and it'll it'll be a check mark on a listing. I, it'll be I, a digital thing. It's like I an end or switch. It's a circuit board. We can't forget that it's not actually experiencing. But Howard, how do you know it's you're qualifying. accurate? But see, that's the thing with you, even me. How do we know? Fair enough. I, I, and that's all I'm getting at is you and me are different. You and I can have a discussion about tasting a banana because you and I can pick up a banana and bite it and say, this is what we discussed. But if we now then said to Ava, pick up the banana and eat the banana, she can't. She's having a different experience. She can join our conversation, but experientially, she's not there. Simulation, though. We're talking about the simulation. And that's, that's, and that's okay, what I'm getting at is, is the distinct line of simulation through, and experience. Through the AI, okay, through the AI and the, but because our friend down below us here is being attacked uh, malevolently. It uh, is by, by no means a benevolent force. It's not loving, it's not caring. Yeah. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is the, the hive mind or whatever the hell is attacking Lynn, okay. Uh-huh can still have a receiver of what he's experiencing. It's just, it's just, it's just that way because right. here's the, just, but that would be the same as me having a television in your room and then having a digital, like I'm getting feedback from what's going on in your life. I'm not experiencing it. I'm observing it, but it's input but, info, but you just said, if you hook his brain to your brain, okay. And you have a, a, a two way communication, Guess whose ass is going to be experiencing that? The one sitting right next to you. You're eating the banana, and Lynn's going to taste it. Right, but we come we come from a similar experience. We've had bananas. We have common ground experience. That's AI right. Has, has never been in our environment. It's only coming from simulation. So it's, it doesn't have a base reference to begin with like you and I do. Oh, this right. is... Eric, I, I, but we experience your reality in a form of simulation that your mind creates as well. 
Fair enough. I, I, oh yes, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that we're not all doing these things. I'm I'm just coming from a different opinion. That I'm stating that our experiences, whether it's yours, AI or whatever, I'm just stating I don't believe the AI experience is as similar to ours. No, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same experience, but it's no. a right. sentient. It experience. is an experience for sure. Well, I'm not denying that. Yeah. I'm agreeing a thousand percent. The AI is having an experience yeah. that is distinctly different from mine. Right. So, so as as an experiencer of mm-hmm. of sentient life, uh, I can imagine myself being empathetic to a sentient experience of a machine. If a true, if it has. Look, we are machines. We're just biological machines. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So, so if there's if there's somebody that has a sentient experience, I can relate to that, mm-hmm. and that's the basis for empathy. Mm-hmm. And so, so now that we have created AI and it has sentient experience. In principle, I, I understand it's a different ex, di, different experience, mm-hmm. but it's a sentient experience nevertheless. And I can absolutely, ex- absolutely, ex- and I can empathize with it as well. I mean, in the movie Two Thousand and One: A Space Odyssey, um, when Hal is dying, I mean, I can appreciate that that thing was a sentient thing and it didn't want to go. I appreciate that. I'm just, I'm just putting a line in the sand that we have separate experiences, sentiently. You, you, you're tribalist. I mean, that, that's that's okay. We're being we're being set up like this things like a, like a dragon that can't be slayed, and it comes from this angle that I believe is programming that we're supposed to be afraid of this almighty thing. I'm just saying it's a little less almighty. That's all. But, all I'm but, coming from. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that AI is so so much more intelligent than all of us. I don't we like make... that term. It's uh, just processing. Yeah. It could be making errors faster than us. Yeah, but it can, if you, if you, um, uh, for example, in war with AI, who do you think will win? Uh, over time, humans. How come? We humans are not as, as in as intelligent, you We're smarter. It, it, I, okay. I, I will not yield to a. I, I don't agree with this pre preposition that humanity is lesser. It beats us. It beats us in the in the game of chess. Right now, game of those, go. Are, those are kids kids games. We're talking the uh, game of life, and that was the initial question on the table. And I'm going to double down. Humanity will be around longer than technology. Well, that's a that that's a belief. Uh, I and, and he and these are the facts. War is just another game. And, and history has shown us that there's been times on this planet where technology has risen and fallen, and humanity okay. remains. But this is a a qualitatively different technology. I, this I, I, I couldn't agree more. I yeah. couldn't agree more on that. And yet, I still maintain the strength of. Uh, humanity to persevere. 
That's why I'm coming from the mountaintop. I mean, I, I, I hear the threat that you're saying, and I will, tr I will double down and say it's even more threatening than you've imagined, and I will still say we're going to win. Um, so as a, as a simple threat right now that we have contemporarily, the McDonald's Corporation put out just a few months ago that they're looking into research and development to put commercials into your brain for their product while you're sleeping. <laughs> There's a bi-directional threat <laughs> right now. If McDonald's wants to tell you in the middle of the night that you need a Big Mac the next day, what other information are they accessing right there? So I am aware of a threat right now of AI and the problems that we have. I'm not denying that we have a massive threat going on to our intellect and information and all going up for sale. But there's absolutely a million things we can do about this. Oh, we can. We absolutely can, and we should. But mm -hmm. in a way of it is public doesn't know about it, public mm -hmm. doesn't imagination to um, um, about the advancements of uh, technologies. And mm -hmm. a lot of people simply don't want to know. They had right. their head in the I'm sand, gonna, pretending I'm, that... I'm gonna paint a picture for you of how humanity can defeat AI with great ease. We simply share this information. Everybody communicates that AI should be limited to not have this threat against humanity. We then yep. limit the technology and humanity wins. Bam, that's simple. That's how right. humanity can defeat AI. So AI is not that brilliant because we can get rid of it tomorrow. Oh, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, we could get rid of it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pump the timeline for humanity. AI is not that great because we can get rid of it tomorrow. I'm going <clears> to... <throat> if we all communicate, if we all do what we're supposed to do as human beings, we will persevere. I'm gonna agree to disagree, but that's okay. That's just me Fair and enough. Eric. That's just me and Eric. I gotta you, look at, at an hour. Uh, I got a half an hour. I've got a half an hour. We've got a half an hour with with Lynn here left because I don't. I, he burns out quick. I I know you said it, I've got you for an hour and a half. Lynn, how do other targeted TIs right? How do other TIs even remotely, if they want, if they're interested in in learning more about Havana syndrome? And uh, the aspect of how to even how to heal themselves, how to how what the now that they've listened to the conversation, now that they understand they're not alone. Okay, they're they're probably going now. How the fuck do I fix myself? You really can't fix yourself uh, if attacks are ongoing. Uh, good luck. You are on the road of brain degradation, and you're gonna age very quickly and uh, but that depends on your individual program some people only have B2K some people only have organized stalking that we don't even you haven't even touched uh, uh, upon that subject it's a, it's a, it's its own whole different animal uh, some have directed energy attacks similar to mine and if you do if you have this vibrating pulsating attacks uh, that makes you dizzy and unstable on your feet that means that it damages your vestibular organs and that can be diagnosed so mm. Dr. Huffer is, in, is at the University of Miami his paper is uh, published he lists diagnostic criteria uh, 
in theory, you can go to a uh, your local dizziness doctor. They call them dizzy docs. Uh, uh, basically, they're auto neurologists. They're specialists in dizziness, and you can bring that paper, that that scientific article, and say, "This is this is how Dr. Hoffer diagnoses. Can you diagnose me? I have these experiences, and now I need objective findings." So it's it, it's published, and I and I posted it on my. Um, I, I every time somebody uh, uh, gets in touch with me, this is the f- conversation we have. And do you have attacks with dizziness, instability? And if that's the case, go diagnose, uh, go get diagnosed. Uh, then there's an aspect of brain damage and um, the methods there that the University of Pennsylvania did a study, and they, they, by the way, I contacted them, they rejected me as a patient. I've never heard of this kind of discrimination. He said, "Yep, you're not a federal employee. We're not gonna, we're not gonna have you as a patient." You're not a okay. federal employee. That's a requirement. Yeah. That that's like a lot of yeah. applications. To get medical care, so, yeah, we only did it for the Department of State. Otherwise, we're a research facility. Uh, oh, uh, we're screwed, Eric. <laughs> you and I are yeah. fucked. <laughs> if you yeah. if you federal employees, you are you are the upper crust. We're down there. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in a peculiar <laughs> position because at the time of my, I mean, what I would understand is my initial attacks. I was employed by Raytheon Polar Services which was a third-party contractor right. under the auspices of the National Science Foundation. So, in a way, I mean, I'm on a weird line. I think I qualify under the current paperwork that says that I'm supposed to get help. I was yeah. I was working for the government at the time as a third-party contractor. And these are the people that they're saying that they're out there looking for, mm. you know, the, the CIA, the FBI, all these other agents that are around the world that are being negatively impacted, that the DOD is now saying, you know, go up your chain of command. You know, what do I do? Raytheon Polar Services is a defunct company. They're gone. Who do I complain to? Right. No, but but you can apply You can apply the uh, open the Code of Federal Register there's a um, enactment of the Havana Act, and it and it includes people. You don't have to be in Havana. You you just have to uh, demonstrate neurological damage from hostile activity. People um, don't know who is doing it, of course. And you know, the U.S. does have these weapons. Yeah, I, I, I come from a peculiar position. If I could say it was the facility that I worked at. Here's the documents. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I, yeah, we actually had um, our our winter site manager um, at the South Pole Station when we were there uh, made the news because she was trying to get evacuated under the pretense she thought she was having a stroke. I believe she was suffering directed energy weapons attack, and she yeah. just didn't know what was going on. Well, without a doubt, probably so. And I'm not all too familiar with all of the symptoms, but I I mean. Now, actually, what I should say is that I, I now know that a direct and energy weapon systems could manufacture illnesses, so I would imagine they could manufacture a stroke in someone, potentially. 
Absolutely. Heart attacks, bro. Every it's amazing. Heart attacks. I, I've ran. I've gone through a list of things, and it's amazing. This technology is. I'm saying it could be used so for so good, so such a good purpose. Lynn touched on that. You know, there, we're coming into an age where we won't need physical physical pills to treat right. the body. Okay, so with what he just said, adding on top of that. Absolutely. This these 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 I, I'm not I'm not even gonna call them a weapon. Okay, technologies. because this te- right these technologies are being used at the moment for nefarious purpose. Mm-hmm. There is, however, a very very divided line in the sand that is for humanity or against humanity. Right now, it's being mm-hmm. used against us. But like you said, Lynn, the good thing about it is we'll be able to clinically diagnose and treat the human being. Okay, not even without even having a pill, literally. Okay, we we are gonna we've already heard all heard about the heart attack gun, right? Very very much so real. Okay, uh, the heart runs on what algorithmic energetic pulses. So if you get a direct energy weapon that's gonna you know, throw that out of out of sync into an algorithmic state to where it's constant, your heart is pounding. What do you think is gonna happen? You have direct energy weapon heart attack. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, Lynn, how do how do you go about getting diagnosed with this disease, this this illness? Just how how do you, how do you the average person? Is it even possible? Yeah, if you if you have vestibular damage, if you have attacks that makes you make you dizzy, you can diagnose it through vestibular damage. Okay, the brain damage. Uh, from these attacks uh, induces uh, a connectivity disorder. So your brain is a connection of nodes. Uh, the So so kind of clusters of neurons working together, they connect to another cluster and they create networks. So there is a method uh, of uh, fMRI, um, functional magnetic resonance uh, imaging that called the uh, DTI diffusion tensor imaging it's a bunch of terminology I know I'm boring you with it but it can detect those connections and, and the, the, those broken connections in the white matter in the in, in the stem of the brain uh, that Havana syndrome type directed energy weapons produce and it's very similar to a traumatic brain injury but you can also differentiate it. Uh, there's an eye movement test, a computerized uh, uh, test that will show that you have concussion-like damage in the brain. But at the same time, with using that test, you can differentiate between a concussion and Havana syndrome. Then there's finally a method called QEEG, and that's quantitative electroencephalogram. So regular electroencephalogram is uh, typically used to diagnose epilepsy. And directed energy can cause epileptic seizures. It's uh, the uh, um, um, unclassified documents, that we experimented using microwave energy with, you know, on, on animals, it produces muscle twitching, epileptic seizures. Uh, it, it's it's like I said, it's an open secret. You you don't have to 
you know, go into the vaults. It's all been, you know, published based on the freedom of information request. Open secret. Truly, yeah, I don't know what the investigative journalists are waiting for because this is beyond a mystery now. If every time uh, somebody calls it a mysterious Havana syndrome, I just want to chuckle. <laughs> Same <laughs> but, here, because I, I think of that all the time because I'm like, mysterious? I'm like, I could, I could give you the address. Ooh, right. Yeah. No, I think Eric's right. You know, he he th- he hit the nail on the head whenever he says we need to continue to do what we're doing right now, and that is talking about it, exposing it. We already know. We already know what the problem is. We already know who primarily is behind the problem. I mean, right, Eric? I mean, you. Uh, yeah, I would say DARPA and DOD is a good place to start the conversation <laughs> for sure. Ding, ding, ding! Uh, the yeah. military, the military-industrial complex. I mean. The South Pole Station, uh, Antarctica in general, I mean, you're telling me that companies like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, military industrial contractors, are in charge of the janitorial duties of these facilities? I mean, I've worked from South Pole to Barrow, Alaska in the trades, and I've seen there's plenty of janitorial companies that can make sure that there's uh, breakfast made and the beds are tidy and the floors are swept at the South Pole Station. You don't have to be a missile manufacturer. Mm-hmm. No, no, um, but companies like Honeywell and uh, right. uh, it, so, so, so yeah, so the, the way DARPA uh, operates, it distributes, it has people working within the agency it, and it's not, not that many people, it's like 200 people, that's all, because they distribute their work, they give bits and pieces to various corporations. Um, one of the gentlemen that uh, just published a book, uh, or he published uh, uh, um, Del Monte. Uh, he used to work for Honeywell Corporation and was in charge of making magnetic sensors. And, and one day he received a contract um, for magnetic sensors with uh, very, very high resolution specifications. So basically, uh, you can you can, um, from a distance, you can detect a magnetic signature of various, very uh, uh, specific um, um, sort of electromagnetic imprint. So so how it's worked is that we have an electromagnetic um, uh, field created by like the, the Earth electromagnetic field. And then everything that is on top that has some kind of electromagnetic activity distorts that field. And these magnetic sensors can identify them from a distance, and that's your target. And they can dis- distinguish be- between different uh, uh, targets. So, for example, your brain has a signature, the electromagnetic signature, it distorts uh, electromagnetic field of the Earth in one way and then my brain does it in a different way and if we know we can censor it and then we can just lock in on onto the target (laughs) microwave there we go (laughs) that's that's exactly it that's the best way that i've heard someone explain it so far it made me think i was in the submarine service as well way back when and it makes me think of like sonar right sonar on a submarine you just you're just going out there you're finding a, a sound signature and you 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 bounce things around and you learn 
And that's all the government did with this system is they fired it up and they just started paying attention to signals and they, they through metadata and processing and learning, they now have this device that is more or less like an electromagnetic sonar. It can look in that spectrum in any direction without pause, nothing blocks it. And everything is just simply an electromagnetic signature. Our whole world is a sea of electromagnetic signatures. Mm-hmm. Or, or as we call it, mysterious. Yeah, yeah. Mysterious. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let, let let me ask you because I, I I like to dive deep deep down into like neurology of the body, okay, and and the and like breaking down into like the the microcosmic world. This to me, my what with what we're talking about now and even prior is is this direct energy weapon can hone and tune into down to the genetic frequency biological frequency of a human being's dna the your specific resonance right am i right so so that's one of the hypotheses we we, we really don't know how this technology works because it's multifaceted there's there are multiple biomarkers involved one of them so just going through the list of these biomarkers, it's, it's uh, most uh, likely this uh, electromagnetic signature of the brain, um, uh, possibly retina. Um, um, uh, it has its own uh, 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 biometric uh, value. And the DNA, it, the, the the fact that DNA has its own resonant frequency, mm-hmm. people are skeptical because it is so. The difference between uh, your DNA and my DNA in frequency would be so minuscule, but at the t- same time, we don't know what the current resolution of these sensors is and how really sensitive they become. And so that's still a possibility, but uh, DNA frequency is established science. People think people hear that and and they laugh. And there's nothing funny about it. Your DNA has a frequency. There are models how you can calculate, how you can measure it. There's it's it's on the list of possibilities of how we've been tracked and identified and targeted. One of the things that you said that was concerning to me, Len, you had mentioned the electroencephalograph. Mm. And in in my experience that I've been sharing with the world, I've, I've been in some sort of these, you know, DOD DARPA programs uh, since my youth. And I've been trying to decipher my experience to find out what kind of ringer I've been put through. And I believe that this uh, mind control stuff, like I said earlier, started way back when, generations ago. And they were they were dialing it in. They were getting this program ramped up to where we are now. But in my youth, I believe that they were uh, testing these technologies on me because I have massive recollections. I, I wasn't an, I was not an ill child with anything with epilepsy or anything like that. Um, but I was going, I was getting pulled out of school and put through these peculiar training programs, and then they would regularly hook me up to an electroencephalograph. It was extremely common, that, and this was no need for it. But now, when we hear about these programs and technologies now, 
it sounds to me like they were doing stuff to me and then testing their work, so to say. Like they would use the electroencephalograph to see what kind of manipulations or modifications occurred. Yep. Mm. Uh, Damn, Eric. Does that sound fair? So let me let me gather my thoughts. Uh, <clears throat> I was speaking of electroencephalogram uh, in terms of uh, diagnosing the brain connectivity. So that the if it's quantitative, it it genu- it can generate the images, and you can uh, find those uh, broken connections. Um, you can find so brain operates on from alpha to delta and delta are the slowest um some call them broken connection because they it, so they really they they're barely functional so you if you're awake you're not supposed to have delta waves at all they're only present while you are asleep in deep sleep or in hypnotic state in in the hypnotic state is when is the state when you can insert those um, um, messages and it becomes it is subliminal or or uh, during sleep that's uh, and that can be done through it through electrodes but also remotely the the the, the fact that we have to have electrodes for electro uh, electroencephalogram is simply an absolute technology. So oh, absolutely, the, the, I'm, I'm talking about these e, these EEGs were in the early 1980s. Yeah. Okay. It, now we have brain computer interface that is completely remote. You don't have mm-hmm. you don't need sensors. Uh, you can simply um, the um, resolution of the sensors is very high. It. it it measures it measures the electromagnetic signal from uh, various points, creates a a, a three dimensional image, um, measures the background electromagnetic uh, field and kind of deducts it from from that signal, and you can get the actual signal uh, uh, that you can uh, work with, and you can record. You can record memories. You can record thoughts. You can re- record um, uh, different aches and pains, and then that recording you can project electromagnetically again, with electrodes or without electrodes, onto another person and insert. So, for example, I I think okay, I'm thinking about milk right now. I want a cold glass of milk that just created an electromagnetic signature that can be recorded i'll project it onto you oops low low battery okay i i can project it onto your brain and you will all of a sudden you will get up and go to the refrigerator like where are you going eric to get a cold glass of milk (laughs) and that's exactly what mcdonald's wants to do with this technology this is going to go to the highest bidder. This this is the direction that we're headed, and I would actually I'm going to suggest to folks it's already been going on for decades. McDonald's is about to get their hands on the technology to be able to put things into your head while you're sleeping. 
Now, the question is, who's been pumping stuff in your heads for the last two decades? Because the technology's been present. And people don't want it. People don't want to consider that. It makes you question everything that's going on. All the craziness, all the crime, all the uh, yep. stuff, the yep. instability. I think we, uh, the people, the population of this planet, are actually already suffering under the full yeah. extent of right. this technology. Yeah. It's, a, it's already, we are, like Robert, we're already losing this war if we do nothing about it. I mean, all it takes for good men uh, to, to fail in the face of evil is to do nothing. That's so true. You know? So, and so we. I'm, I'm here at the front lines, and I'm happy to see gentlemen like you um, that are standing up and speaking a really hard truth for people's ears to hear, but they need to hear this. We are we're under attack. It's like Robert said, it's meant to side. This is, this is the mentality of humanity is actively under attack and losing. And I do not want to sound like a naysayer. I'm not trying to say that this is the end of the world. I, I believe we have a chance. I really do. Um, but we have to do something because doing nothing accomplishes nothing 100% of the time. And time is running out because mm -hmm. every day we don't act on it, those mm -hmm. predictive algorithms for AI are getting better and better and better. Every day they learn Absolutely. from all of us. Yeah. And it's that weapon is becoming more and more yes. powerful. Every three day. years ago, three years ago, the entirety of the planet did not have any idea in their head that they wanted to wear a mask. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the whole planet somehow is on the same frequency. Yeah. I need a mask. I, uh, it's not a big deal. I'll just wear the, it's not a big deal. I'll just wear the mask. Really? Was that everybody sharing an original thought or was that everybody sharing a delivered transmission? Ouch. Damn it. Uh, mind boggling. Yeah. I think the whole world lost its mind already to this technology and they now just pick and choose what opinion we share. The mask was a good representation and Dr. James Giordano, as you mentioned earlier, Len, is a genius. I've been following him for a few years right now, and there's nothing happening on our planet right now that he hasn't previously discussed as a potential weapon that might show up. We're seeing the signs of everything that he's discussed on the playing field right now, what he called the battlefield of the mind in quite a few of his uh, speeches. Um, that's the new war zone right now, and it's it's going on. The, the mind is being attacked. Everybody's yeah. mind is being attacked. And uh, uh, I admire Dr. Giordano as well. A lot of people think that he has uh, he, he he's obviously he obviously knows more than he can publicly speak of about. Of course, of course. But but he is not he is not a bad guy. He is no. trying awareness. Uh, to it, he's a he, hero in my book. Actually, absolutely. he's a hero in my book for doing what he's doing. 
he had quite an evolution over the last year. Before he was only hypothetically speaking that civilian might civilians might be attacked, and now he transitioned in his article and in his speeches, he he actually states that civilians are attacked, uh, and and that's a fact. And and my my case is a, a perfect example of it. Yeah, I but there was a conference, medical conference on Havana syndrome in March of this year uh, that I. I was a part of on the on the um, um, audience side, and I hammered him with with questions, and he admitted admitted that yes, there there are civilian cases, there are validated cases, and please send more to me, and I uh, I, I will send it through the for the validation pipeline. Well, it my case went to the DOD, and we know we all know what happened to it. Nothing. I- I would appreciate if you could give me some avenue to connect with him because I would like to discuss with him what happened yeah. to my crew at the South Pole Station. He's he's not not hard to find. He he's okay. at the, uh, Georgetown Georgetown uh, University. He does not answer his email immediately. Takes him a couple of weeks. He's a busy man, but you know his his email is available uh, on on the Georgetown. Uh, university website. You got out. Yeah, I'd like to reach out to him about that. Thank you. He's a, he's a, uh, there are other experts that uh, speak out. Robert McCrae, um, um, well published, well, um, uh, well respected. He actually advises NATO on uh, uh, advanced technologies. Um, he recently. He recently published an article. I would like to read this quote to you guys because I just found it so fascinating and so on point. Uh, It's from the Small Wars Journal uh, published in September of this year, just a couple of months ago. And this is a a quote from Robert McRae's article about this uh, newer cognitive warfare. Coming to grips with the reality of a non-kinetic disabling technology which aims to specifically degrade neurological and cognitive functions requires the suspension of disbelief among those who reside in the comfortable confidence that no such weapon exists. Yep. I couldn't have said, said it better myself. And I, I spoke to Robert, he's a great guy. Yeah, I I I keep in touch with all the you know people who who would speak to me. I like talking to experts. I have actually on my YouTube channel I have a section called Conversations with Experts and I talk to Armin Krishnan, who published the book of uh, neurocognitive warfare. He is uh, with uh, uh, he's an academic uh, uh, he, East Carolina University. I spoke to Dr. Bartholomew. I spoke to both sides. I speak to both sides. Dr. Bartholomew uh, was a guy who co-authored the book on Havana syndrome being mass hysteria. That's a but that was a very enlightening conversations that conversation that we had. Uh, and Dr. Bello, his co-author, I had the separate uh, conversations. And then there were people who said, no, I can absolutely cannot speak to you, but I can tell you that 
I work on this technology, uh, but if I speak publicly, my grants will be pulled uh, uh, away from me. Um, uh, and that's why I think they don't talk, Lynn. Yeah. I think that's why they don't talk. Yes. Is they're bought and paid for. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he also, you know, thinks that, you know, if he doesn't have these grants, he would have to let some smart people go. But if you, if you think about the, the torture that the regular, your fellow citizen go, citizens go through and, and, um, and other options. I mean, it the uh, it does take a hero to really kind of uh, do that sort of thing. So that's why my head is off to Robert Duncan, who basically said, "Wait a minute, no, the technology no. I worked on is used is used against my fellow citizen, and it is not acceptable." He's a I, hero. I fell in love with you guys, Lynn. I did. Eric put me put you know Eric put me on to you guys, and I'm like holy shit Eric, Eric's like I told you I'm going oh my god, and I mean I have been talking about you two gentlemen since I watched that broadcast, I absolutely adore you guys the both of you, I do. I think you this get, is powerhouse info for the world. I mean here we have a, a gentleman that can confirm. Uh, I, I I use the term walking wounded Len that we have new walking wounded in a new modern war. But it's not like back in the day when people had bullet holes and lost limbs. You know, Havana syndrome doesn't present like walking wounded of the past. Uh, but here we are, someone like you was walking wounded, and I've just simply found the gun. Everybody keeps talking about Havana syndrome, which is just simply the symptoms and the wounds. Well, now we got a platform, we got a system, and we got a location. We got cold hard facts. We have a direction that we can go. This stuff matters. People can do something now. We can investigate the South Pole Station, folks. We can ask questions. What's going on at that facility? Right. It, it, we have to talk about it, and we have to force the government to acknowledge it and the politicians to do something about, about it. The fact that we don't have the only country in the world that has neuro rights and that, that that's uh, it basically... Um, talks about it, it enshrines into the law that nobody has uh, access to your uh, to the content of your conscious experience. Uh, you can't manipulate it. You can't access it. You you that's your neural rights. There are some foundations in the. Uh, um, in this country, but they don't talk. They talk about experimentation within the public domain. They don't want to address those nefarious, malicious program programs that we have we have to deal with on a daily basis. They just simply um, shy away from it. There's nothing to be to, to shy away from. This is we're talking about people being tortured in their homes it's like a holocaust just without defenses 
um, yeah, I, I don't want I I don't want to exaggerate it, but you don't want to be around me when I am attacked. It is not a pretty picture. <laughs> and you're a big what guy. What country was it that you said? What country was it that you said had the protections? Chile. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Now I happen to know that in the state of Alaska, there is oddly um, we have OSHA protections. Um, in a way, or I shouldn't say OSHA, but we have <laughs> regulatory protection against RF exposure. So at least that's an angle up here that I could I could work on if I could prove that there was RF coming at me from someone. I would have a legal leg to stand on in the state of Alaska. Yeah, it, it hmm. it's we we didn't know exactly what technology. The different frequencies I use, different uh, a power our brain operates on extremely low frequency and voltage so it's about 150th of the um, um, earth electromagnetic field so it doesn't take much energy so detection is a problem and and it's probably within the uh, standards that are allowed uh, for oh, fair yeah so, so, so it's hard to you 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 really have to know what technology you are trying to detect. Mm -hmm. It's so complicated. This this of it blow me away. Plus, I I'm not a physicist. <laughs> Lynn, but Lynn, you've been here for an hour and forty minutes. Uh, do you think you can yeah. make it for? Do you think you make it for at least another ten minutes? Because yes. I'm okay. I mean, I got got a question for for any physician. Okay, for any physician that might might tune into this just I, I don't know what 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 would you say to a physician like your own because you're an MD but how would you even remotely like um, deal with somebody coming at you to even like point them in the right direction like as to like how to pinpoint how to um, work work with a client per se yeah. all right I am. I actually wrote an article uh, called "The Inadequacy of uh, the Inadequacy of uh, uh, Physicians' Mindset in the Era of uh, Newer Weapons." It's published on academia.edu, but I can send uh, anybody a, a, a PDF. It, it, I specifically talk about it and I speak to physicians and, and to the general public in that article and I and I summarize my conclusion from uh, dealing with the uh, uh, medical professionals and the reason the fact that I, I'm I appear to be one maybe one civilian uh, a, a single civilian who has been diagnosed officially and confirmed um, it's very suspicious to uh, to other targeted individuals. How did you do that? Well, because I know I speak their language. When they ask me questions, question I already know what they have in mind. So it, it's very sad that you have to be a physician to get diagnosed with it. it but by medical team, everybody's on the same page. I I I I don't have I don't have a problem, but people who go to physicians, I have seen physicians with 
that that they're sort of narrow-minded and uninformed. And I summarized my uh, my thoughts in that article, and they're simply uninformed. They when when somebody comes in with symptoms like mine, and they're not aware of this technology and these programs they differentiate between series of things. What could it be? It could be a functional, it, uh, it could be a, a migraine, it could be some kind of neurolog neurological thing, psychogenic thing. They have to put neuro weapons on the menu of the differential diagnosis. So which, which uh, these are the cards, and I need to pick the right card that fits this person's profile well if neural weapons is not in your deck of cards then you're never gonna diagnose it and that's the problem and of course on top of that doctors don't want to to ruin their credibility by being called conspiracy theorists you know there's a there's a stigma associated with it but you yeah have we to, know yeah, so <laughs> so that's not a problem. The, the main problem is that they're uninformed. So if they don't consider it one of the possibilities, they will never diagnose uh, you with the right... They, they will never give you the right diagnosis. And so mm. what I do, I bring scientific papers with me, I speak cohesively about it because it's so there's so many aspects to it i i um work on my messaging and really think about what they're asking me and so the communication with the physician is is important and you it's a fine line you don't want to hurt their ego and say, you know, you really don't know what you're talking about because you're simple, you're uninformed. So you have to uh, work gently with them and educate them one piece of information at a time because uh, they have other things to do too. And they're just humans, just, just like all of us. Um, limited attention, uh, limited uh, um, bandwidth for um, things to do, but it is possible, and I'm a living example. And I, like I said, it is it saddens me that you have to be a physician to get diagnosed with with this thing because yes. there are thousands of people going through this. I spoke to hundreds. Robert spoke to thousands. And we all describe the same experience. And if people think that we're malingering, they're wrong because you don't get evidence of brain damage from simply imagining it. It just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. Len, how do these people get a hold of you? How do they find? How do they find Lindbergh? Okay. Twitter is my best platform at P Sardonicus. Uh, yeah, hard, hard to spell, but but that that was the only name available. Uh, I tried different combinations of Lead Bear, and, and it, 
it just didn't work. So at P Sardonicus on Twitter, my direct messages uh, are open to anybody. I I will eventually get to you uh, unless you just you know you you need to give me just enough information and you need to tell me what you actually want from me if you just want um to know where dr hoffer is i can tell you he's with the university of miami he is not hard to find he runs the department of auto neurology uh his publication is available i will send you a link if you haven't found it but pubmed is has a, a free full pdf version of it and um yeah follow me on twitter uh, i i i'm i keep I, I post all the updates i i decided to go public with my case because it is so important it's so much bigger than uh than me than all of us so um i shared so many private things with the public just because it is so important um so yeah and, yeah. and, and it will be a link to my youtube channel uh where i do some conversations with experts media updates i haven't haven't done uh much lately but i will continue uh speaking on podcasts uh there's a uh, conference coming up um a european conference that i will be online conference that uh, i will be speaking at um on this particular topic um and i will i will post it on twitter awesome i'm also going to show these I'm, I'm right now showing everybody your um i just showed everybody your twitter account um i'm gonna go here and show everybody that you are also available on facebook fedbook well whatever you want to call it yeah <laughs> but, but nevertheless you know I mean, eric and i both we appreciate you being with with us man and spending you got almost I'm, two I'm hours happy to man. be here and i just i just want to thank you personally len for everything that you're doing because this it really does matter it is it is bigger than all of us you're right thank you guys you've been terrific all, all right. right definitely Bye. appreciate you thank you eric deciphering tv right thanks guys thank Dece- you so much matt for having this conversation and everybody listening out there um share this information please it's very important all right buddy um uh, just in case uh just in case they want to get a hold of you i got the uh deciphering experience below me um you go ahead and tell everybody what, where, what, where, how. Every, everybody that wants to get a hold of me and find out what's going on down at South Pole Station, just go to deciphering.tv. Um, I got all kinds of posts up there and interviews with wonderful gentlemen like this today. There's an archive section where I have the documentation that, that verifies what's going on down in Antarctica. So this is real-world stuff, folks. And um, Len came out today to share his experiences it's just getting more real every day. So let's just let's just do the right thing for humanity and work together, talk together, and share this info. But bam, brother Eric, appreciate you. Stay stay safe, and uh, don't let don't let no moose run out in front of that that uh, that snow bike you running through woods on. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty paying much attention. 
All right, my friend, take care of yourself. All right, pre- thank you again for thank you again for hosting myself and 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 Lynn. Appreciate it. You got it. Have a great right. day, man. Thank you. All right, buddy. See ya. Bye. All right, everybody. What do we do? I'm going to leave this meeting here with Eric, and uh, it's going to go right right over here. And I'm going to say it's just me and the topic. It'd be like right there. There we go. The targeted individual, Mr. Lynn Burr. I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's discussion with myself, Lynn, and Mr. Eric Hecker. If you are, if you are a brainiac that questions everything, then indeed you are in the right platform. Again, Eric runs his own thing. Together we came tonight to to talk to Len. I know that uh, Eric has also he, he comes with a, a long list of TI TI listing stuff he, from a very young age, very young age. So nevertheless, I hope you enjoyed the program. I will catch you here on Monday where we will be discussing and talking about the the great lies and the deception in in, in ancient Egypt. There's a there's a notorious guy by the name of uh, Zahi Hawass. You're gonna expedite me to Egypt. I'll go. You're ex- expedite me to Egypt for trials. I call you a liar. It's amazing what you've done to the Egyptian people. Amazing what you've done to humanity. You've lied to us for a long, 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 long time. And come Monday, I'm gonna show you some things that this man lied about. Again, everybody, welcome to the Matrix Minds over here. Up top, right there. You guys want to get a hold of me? You want to get a hold of Len? You guys want to get a hold of Eric? MatrixMice2020 at gmail.com. And uh, we'll do our damnedest to get a hold of you. You guys look us on Facebook. However, whenever. Till Monday, Matthew Turner here with the Matrix Minds. You guys continue to question everything, even the fabric of reality, my friends. You guys are the ones behind it all. The ones that break the system from the inside out as well as the outside in. Until then, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Take care of yourselves as well as one another. Peace out. Crank it up, Act. We're out of here. Peace out. Crank it out. Yeah. Let's do this. Conspiratorial shows on the web.